Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, this is Cassandra Darlin with Darlin Discussions, and today I have Jenny Sharp with me. Jenny, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, my name is Jenny Sharp. I work over at Heart of Texas Behavioral Health Network, formerly MHMR, and I am the training coordinator there. Uh, I am a mother of three, and I've been living in Texas for about nine years now, and I think Texas is a great place to live. Yeah. Where were you before Texas? Illinois and Indiana. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Okay. So um, today, what we're going to be talking about is um, trauma and not only just trauma, but like how you can um, be informed about other people's trauma so that you, with your peers, coworkers, or friends, you know how to not trigger them. Um, so that their trauma is worse or it re-traumatizes them. So um, we're mainly going to be focusing on the business side of things because Darlin Professional Group is all about, you know, mental health training for staff shortages and to help people get in the workplace and feel safe and comfortable in the workplace. So we're going to gear it towards that, but it can apply in any setting. So we're first going to talk about some definitions. All right, so Jenny, tell us the definition of trauma that you got pulled up. <laughs> so uh, trauma is the response to a deeply distressing or disturbing event that overwhelms an individual's ability to cope. Yeah. So every time you're like, man, I'm just so overwhelmed, is that trauma? It could be. Yeah. Not always. Trauma is basically in the eyes of the beholder, right? Absolutely. Just like beauty. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you just listening, I did this amazing pose to show my beauty off. But anyways, um, so next we trauma-informed care. And if you go into the mental health world, you'll hear trauma-informed care or tick. We're not talking about the ones that, you know, the country boys try to say, let me check you for ticks. No, not that kind of tick. All right. Trauma-informed care. Um, it is whenever you are, well, here, Jen, I'll let you say it. How about that? <laughs> You're the guest. So, so uh, trauma-informed care is basically just being aware of the person that you're talking to, um, 
and watching for their body language, facial expressions, the words that they're saying to know if you have said or done something or uh, possibly just um, an object in the room possibly has triggered um, a, a trauma situation for them. Yeah. So, like, if they're sitting there like, y'all are having a conversation about how you like orange juice or something, and they're like, I love orange juice. <laughs> you know, like, obviously, <laughs> the words say this is a great thing, but their their tone, their um, physical stature, whatever, all of that is saying, no, they they there's something going on with the orange juice in them, you know. Right, and it could and it could go clear back to childhood where they watched a horrible situation where their sibling choked on orange juice, uh, which involved calling nine one one and the ambulance showing up, and who knows what the final outcome of that was, but it was very traumatic for them, and right. so. Um, you know, you you might, whenever they're saying, I love orange juice, but you can tell that they really don't. You'd be like, mm, but do you really? You yeah. Know, like, are, you, are you okay talking about orange juice? And, um, and just kind of let them know that you're there for them and that you're willing to listen to them if they want to talk. Um, and if they really don't want to, it's just something that they don't want to talk about. Okay, then you can move on. But um just by letting them know and, and being um, a non-judgmental listener can really help a lot. Right, right. Um, I love our orange juice like little <laughs> orange situation. Juice. Yeah, yes. orange juice of all things. Oh, the things I think of. Um, so, w- all right. So it could be anything. You know, as I said, orange juice. Mm-hmm. It could be anything that somebody's traumatized. So does that mean we should just walk around on eggshells all the time and just be like, oh, man, I've got to be analyzing what everybody's saying? You know, are they going to be concerned about this? Is that what trauma-informed care is? Absolutely not. Uh, we, we can't just walk around on eggshells all the time worrying that we're constantly going to offend somebody or trigger somebody or do something like that. Instead, you just need to be aware of their tone, their body language, their facial expressions, things like that. And, uh, and follow up in those situations where you feel like you could have possibly triggered somebody, you know, um, just being that good coworker, that good friend, that good peer, and, uh, and just listening to them if they want to talk about it or uh, changing the subject if they need to get away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something within the room that you're in, go for a walk, find another room to be in. Uh, right. Step away from that situation. If it's somebody else in the room who possibly caused that trigger, um, say, hey, would you like to go for a walk with me? Walk away from that other person. Help them, help them move on from that situation so that it doesn't continue to be an issue. Right. You know, um, talking about like a, a situation or like the room being a trigger for some people, um, before I did my own Darlin professional group and then um, worked at the, what is it called now? It used to be MHMR. Uh, Behavioral Health Network. Behavioral Health Network. Before I worked there, I worked at another MHMR in um, Snyder. And that one is located, the office is located in an old jail. 
So there were several of the people that would come in there and they were already triggered because maybe they had been there visiting somebody or been there incarcerated themselves. And so that was a very big trigger for them. And it wasn't easy for them to talk about mental health issues in a place that had such bad memories Absolutely. for them. So a lot of times we, sorry, a lot of times we had to um, meet people more in the community and meet them somewhere else mm-hmm. instead of in the office, because that can be, you know, just the environment. And you wouldn't think that, you know, the environment where you're meeting somebody might be a trigger. Uh, that's why I usually, if I'm meeting with somebody, I like to ask them where would they be most comfortable, you know, because, I mean, everybody's got their little things, too. It's not only just the big traumas in life. You know, I was telling, <laughs> this is funny, <laughs> the things we say sometimes, but um, I was talking to somebody just the other day, hey, our 30s, it's whenever you find out that you, at the places you like to go the most, you have a favorite bathroom stall. <laughs> you have a favorite burner on your stove. I have a you favorite have, spatula. There you go. A oh, favorite yes. spatula. Uh, definitely. Yes, I do have a favorite <laughs> spatula too. Um, you know, like you get so, this is where I feel the most comfortable and I feel uncomfortable. You know, we become like Sheldon on Big Bang Theory. This is my spot, mm-hmm. you know. And you can get to where some people are so uncomfortable being outside of that comfort zone that you don't, you don't want them to be completely uncomfortable when you're talking to them. Maybe you do sometimes for some things, but if you're really trying to have a good conversation with somebody, really trying to relate with somebody, and if you're trying to get the most um, work out of somebody in the workplace, you want them to be creatively thinking. You don't want them uncomfortable. That is not good for creative thinking at all. Right. So I'm talking a lot. Let's go on to how does tick trauma informed care look for people in the workplace? Um, well, mostly it's just knowing your coworkers, um, the people that you see every single day, um, maybe you have one of those coworkers who's just always smiling, always upbeat. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. How are you? And one morning you come in and you say, hey, how are you? And they go, I'm fine. Right. There's something wrong, right? Right. Are you going to say, okay, well, have a great day and go on with your day? Or are you going to turn around and say, hey, usually you're fantastic. Yeah. So why are you only fine today? Right. You if you had come up and said that to me, too, because, y'all, you don't know, she is always the, the one, hey, you know, <laughs> like we give each other a hug. I mean, like right from the get-go. Um, but if you had come up and be like, oh, hey, I would have been like, all right, we're sitting down. We're talking. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so you you would, you know, if it's not a very private area, because privacy is very important, especially in those um those moments. People don't want to talk where other people can hear. Yes. Um, so you'd say, hey, you want to go for a walk? Hey, you want to come with me to my office? Hey, you want to grab some lunch? Right. Something along those lines just to get them away from other listening ears uh, so that they feel more comfortable opening up about it. And uh, you just start that conversation. And 
it's really, really important to be a non-judgmental listener. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just because you don't necessarily agree with the way that they handled a situation or uh, because whatever it was that triggered them wouldn't trigger you or you think it's silly or ridiculous doesn't mean that it is. So you don't want to show that on your face. You don't want to show that in your body language or the tone of your voice. So you really want to be very careful about that because you really do care about this person. Um, but if they start to see something in your face or hear something in the tone of your voice, they're going to clam up and they're not going to tell you anything and they'll just deal with it on their own or not deal with it, which could be a very bad thing. Right. Um, and it could just continue to ruin their day, their week, their month. Um, well, and now I feel like I have to say, or even their year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> a little friends reference. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, if you aren't opening and, as you said, non-judgmental, and sitting there like, okay, what's really wrong? And coming to them as somebody who cares, mm -hmm. um, even if it's that coworker that you don't particularly like, if you see this, this could be something really that could snowball into something really huge later on. It might be, you know, I know we don't always get along, but you know, what's going on? Like I can tell that there's something going on with you today. And it might be as simple as, oh, I didn't get any sleep last night or you know, my back's hurting or my big toe has an ingrown toenail or something. I don't know. You on know? my way to work, somebody pulled out in front of me and then I got stuck behind a tractor and then I couldn't get around the semi. I mean, you know. Right. And oh my goodness, this little squirrel ran out in front of me and I couldn't stop fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> Just a horrible morning. Right? It could be something like that or it could be something else. And even if... It is something that seems small to us, like, okay, the squirrel. You know, if that's the only thing, but they are really distraught about it, you don't want to be like, okay, it's just a squirrel. I thought it was something big. <laughs> and you move on. Because, as you said, they're going to shut down, and then they're going to be like, oh, man, this thing that I'm worried about, like nobody else is worried about, am I a weirdo? And then that snowballs the thoughts and can lead to a lot of bad consequences. Absolutely. So you've got to really be like, you know what? That is, that that's awful. And don't do it sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I'm looking at out there. If you watch my podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so don't do it sarcastically. Be like, you know. That that really sucks whenever I've had that happen to me where I've run over a squirrel and that it's so sad. Like, I get it. That's a, you know, acting like I know what you're going through. I've been there. Um, or if you haven't been there, own up to that. You know, I've never been through that. And but I can tell you're really upset about this. Mm -hmm. You know, those are some good things to say. Absolutely. Is there anything I can do to help you out? Absolutely. That's, That's really important to ask when somebody's having a bad time. Is just, is there anything I can do or tell me what I can do to make this better for you? Yeah. Um, something else, uh, uh, a hurt versus a help situation. So um, you have that coworker that comes in and they're like, oh, I'm fine. And you're like, what's wrong with you? 
Okay. That's awful. Mm-hmm. You do not want to say what's wrong with you. <laughs> okay. Especially it's, not like that. Hey, what happened is so much better. Right. That's true. I need to remember that. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually more the, You're a what's, what's wrong going with you? on? <laughs> we need to talk. Yes. Absolutely. Get that frown off your face. No. I'm a little more bossy than that, I think. But um, And encouraging their strengths is also really important, too, whenever somebody's just down in the dumps. Sometimes they can't get over it because let's leave the squirrel analogy behind. Um, you know, maybe it's, hey, I got a bad uh, performance review, and I'm just not sure where to go from here. I don't know how to bounce back from this. You know, um, and you've got to say, well, okay, you might have gotten a bad review, but I'm sure there was good things on there too. Or I've never seen any of these bad things in you. You know, let's talk about the things that are, you do really good. Like you're always upbeat and happy or you're really great at talking to this person or you know what, you've always been a great friend mm-hmm. or, you know, focusing on the positives Instead of right then at that moment when they're feeling low, they're just thinking about all the negatives. Absolutely. And saying, you know what? No, there are some positives in this situation. You know, shining that light on that can always help too. It it really, really can. And so you shine the light on all those really great things. And then you help them create that list of ways to improve on the things that were not so good. Right. After you build them up a little bit, you help them work on that list to to make those not-so-great things better. And they're going to feel a lot better about it whenever you're finished with that whole conversation. Always wrap up with something positive, too. That definitely helps to end on a good note. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, it's always good to hear from your coworkers and your friends to just, hey, you're doing a good job. You know, I've noticed this. That might not only just bring them up for that day, that might make their their week, their month, or even their year. <laughs> you know, like that that good thing. So I tell you, there's been sometimes just somebody said, you know, one little thing, and I'm just like, man, you know, even if it's like, I like that shirt, and I will keep that shirt longer than any of my other shirts. <laughs> you know, right? like, oh man, I got a compliment on that one, you know? Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. You never know how much those um, little things can make an impact. Oh, speaking of shirts, I got, so my friend Tommy got me this shirt, be your own kind, darling. And I promised her I'd wear this shirt today. So Tommy, (laughs) hope you're watching, wearing the shirt, the darling shirt. Um, all right. So back to trauma informed care. So also, you know, we are our own worst enemies, Mm. really. Like we are the hardest toughest critics of ourselves and there have been so many times that I have gone into my supervisor's office and said you know we're not where I thought we should be Uh, I thought we would be moving along faster on this or um, we didn't get enough done this is just you know and I'm just really hard on myself about a lot of stuff and he will turn around and look at me and go are you kidding me do you know how much more you have completed than anybody actually expected for you to complete by this time? <laughs> I mean, that's true for her, definitely. definitely. Oh, hey, now. <laughs> it is, though. But, yeah, but that brings you up, doesn't it? It Whenever definitely it- does. And so um, having a really good supervisor 
helps a lot. But those coworkers, those peers that are on the same level as you, just picking each other up throughout the day is is so great. Mm-hmm. You know, stop by their office, <laughs> even if you only have two minutes. Hey, I just want to stop by and say hi. I hope you are having a great day. And I'm going to come by tomorrow when I have a few more minutes so we can catch up. And I want to say... There are probably some people watching this and being like, that's great for you extroverts out there in the world, but I'm an introvert and peopling, that's not what I do. I don't like talking to people. I don't want to do that. But I tell you, it will make even more of an impact if your coworkers know you are not normally the one who goes up and says, hey, hope you're having a great day (laughs) and act like you have 10 cups of coffee every morning. If you are the one who goes up and, and is like, hey, I've noticed something, that is going to make so much more of an impact because they're like, wow, yeah, you know, they really must care because normally they don't talk to anybody, you know. Um, so even you introverts, you can step out and make a huge difference, probably more than us extroverts can. I don't know. You're not very much. You're kind of in the middle of the road. Sometimes you are, sometimes you aren't. So I... Um exhibit signs of being an extrovert Mm -hmm. oh but y'all should be inside of my stomach because there are butterflies in there it's so bad I'm so much of an introvert I would get nervous I would much rather be at home and to be a training coordinator and to be doing a lot of the training Mm -hmm. and to be up in front of um so many people it, it, it oh it's so hard and I just have to tell myself you get up and you go do it because you can and these people need you too (laughs) <laughs> and you focus on yeah, people needing you mm-hmm. and your strengths and what you can do. You know that you can do it. Yes. You know that you have done it in the past. And you know it's an important topic to cover. Absolutely. You know, and you know a lot about mental health. And that's another thing is like if you feel insecure about talking to somebody about them being depressed or something and – or they come and they just like, blah, 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 this is horrible and it's awful. And you're just like, I'm not a mental health professional. I don't know what to say in this situation. As we were saying, first of all, just be that listening ear and just be like, man, that, that really does sound like that's awful situation. I'm sorry you're going through that. But maybe start reading up on some of the things. Start Googling, you know, how does somebody deal with the loss of a squirrel or <laughs> I don't know. I'm just using that as a funny. Yeah. But you know, the, you can look up some techniques and stuff too, for that specific situation and go back to them the next day and be like, Hey, you know what? Why don't we try this? You know, I saw this article about this or I saw a YouTube video that said this helped out. You know, you can look into that. It's always great to increase your knowledge about the, the subject. Um, but where's some places that we can find out more information besides just that Google, Google, (laughs) just besides Google and Wikipedia. Um, There are a lot of resources in our area. Um, but your local mental health authority, heart of Texas behavioral health network, formerly MHMR. Um, if you go to their website, H-O-T-R-M-H-M-R.org. You can get some uh, information there as well as phone numbers that you could call to schedule appointments if that's where you uh, need to be. 
Um, and then uh, you got the I've got the phone number here for the main center too. It's two five four. This is a Waco number, by the way. Two five four seven five two three four five one. But if you're outside of the Waco area and you're watching this, you can you can Google mm-hmm. uh, the MHMR or the local mental health authority in your area, and everybody has one. You can find one that is close to you. Um, so you can look that up. They're going to have tons of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about a couple more local resources too. And, and also you can call 211 in the state of Texas and they'll give you a lot of that information. Yes. There's so much information by calling 211. And there's so many people who don't actually realize that that is a, a number that you can call for information. Uh, and you can call it for so many things, not just mental health resources. You can call for so many things and just say, hey, I'm looking for uh, information on this. And they'll say, okay, here's that information. Or uh, we don't have anything on that. But th- they have so much information. Yeah, for like help paying your bills, um, the WIC. Mm-hmm. Um, Medicaid, Medicare yeah. information, um, the mental health stuff. Um there's a lot of different things. I wouldn't want to sit here and list everything for 211. Um, well, let's say you're talking to your coworker and they are like, I am so depressed. I just want to end it all. I've been thinking about it and I'm going to drive off a bridge. What do you do then? Okay, so there's a few options. Okay. Obviously, I say obviously, that's not very nice. Um, you could call it National Suicide Hotline. Okay. And then um, we have what we call iCare. Uh, it's a 24-hour service uh, that is routed through the local MHMRs, the local mental health authorities. And that number is 1-866-752-3451. And they will get you connected to somebody to speak with, or they can get the mobile crisis team out to you um, if that's what you need, where they can do an on-the-spot evaluation and possibly even get you transported to a facility if that's what you need. Right. And that is being evaluated by mental health professionals and that are listening and, and, you know, totally there for you on the spot. Um, and also call 911. They're coming out with a new number mm-hmm. this summer. What is that new number? 988, is it? Or Ooh, we should have looked this up right? before. Fail. I will put it in the comments uh, <laughs> section. So that will be there. But it's coming this summer that it's going to be like 911. Instead of calling, like, the suicide hotline, it's going to be just for mental health resources. Um, so you can have that emergency number to contact. Um, and it'll be available nationwide, just like 911 is. That is the worst, because I actually talk about this in some of my trainings, and now I'm, I'm just drawing a blank. It, just, it's, it has an aid in it. <laughs> I know that. It's got an aid in it. I think it's 988. Or nine eight. Uh, anyways, we'll, it will be in the comments. We're not perfect by any means. Um, locally, we have a counseling center that's with the behavioral health network. Network. That's the 
last word of it. Uh, on Lyle Avenue, uh, 2800 Lyle Avenue. And I can give you what? 988. Thank you, Mike. Road Media Network is amazing. It is 988. 988 is the number coming nationally this summer for mental health support. If you know somebody who's suicidal or you are suicidal, um, probably or homicidal too, um, you can call 988. I know with the crisis line, sometimes somebody is just like so angry, upset, or maybe they're experiencing psychosis and they're just getting really violent. You can call that number too. But 911 works too. Either one will get you in touch with like a crisis team Mm -hmm. that will come and evaluate. Or somebody to just talk to on the phone. And yeah, I any other final comments, Jenny, for you? Um, anybody can be there for somebody else. Yeah. Just be willing to listen. Okay. It's not always about giving advice or your opinion. Most of the time it's not. It's the exact opposite of that. It's really, really just about listening. Just listening. Okay. That's a lot of times all anybody needs. Right. Just let them talk it out. Nodding your head saying, yeah, tell me more about that. That's really interesting. And saying, right, yes, okay. But I hope you're really listening. (laughs) I hope you really are listening. I mean, they're going to be able to tell if you're not. Yeah, if you've got that glazed over look, you know, like, no, they're going to be like, okay, never mind. They don't want to really hear, you know. But if you're actually encouraging, but... I always like, what do I say? Like, I'm listening, and I want to know, but what do I say? And during my training to become a counselor, that was one of the biggest things. I was so happy to finally learn what to say. <laughs> like, you don't okay. really have to say a lot. You don't have to say much. Just, okay. Yeah, I get that. You know, that's that's beginner level, but it's great. Yeah. It helps so much. Beginner level is huge. Yes. Especially for somebody who's you know, at the end of the rope. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you, Jenny, for being my guest today. It wasn't too painful, was it? Not at all. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was great. That's it. That's a wrap.